1: Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Deb with Media Night Radio. As you know, we have a special edition tonight with uh, Jim Romanovich. Uh, You know Jim from his work as executive producer for the Daytime Emmys, as well as the upcoming Hollywood Christmas Parade. Jim also produces several television shows on such networks as Chiller, Sci-Fi, and the Hallmark Channel. He also has been very vocal about the state of daytime and the problems facing it. Tonight, we will discuss the future of daytime and the emergence on the Internet of this beloved genre. What does this mean for soap fans, and what will it look like if it is moved to the Internet? Tonight, Jim and I will take this subject on. Welcome to the airwaves, Jim.
0: Well, thanks, Deb. I appreciate it very much. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Yeah, well, busier than a one legged man in an ass kicking
1: contest. <laughs> I don't know can you say that on the air? I, think you, I think i think I just can't did.
0: say I can say that on the air. I can certainly say it on the internet.
1: Come on <laughs> oh that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. No, I know that you're very busy. you have lots and lots of projects going on, so I appreciate you taking the time with us tonight to uh talk about this uh this growing problem that seems to be emerging uh, that is uh, very uh, prevalent right now. And uh, uh, do you believe that with the decline of daytime that the Internet could actually serve as a rebirth uh,
0: to the genre? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that's the only hope for uh, daytime soaps is what we're talking about, the genre, the soap genre is fine. It's perfectly fine, and it's better than ever if anybody watches shows like Revenge, for example. Uh, And Dallas is coming back uh, next year as well, too. So the soap genre is fine. You know, NFL, sports, the NBA lockout all soap opera. So, uh, the genre is doing just fine. Even dirty soap acts as a soap opera unto itself as well, too, as the Kardashians do in a lot of reality shows. So, the genre is fine. But daytime soaps, specifically you're talking about The Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, General Hospital, One Life to Live, and All My Children. You know, what will happen with those shows? And I think we've seen some good news in the last few months, and then we've seen some sort of questionable news or lack of news, I think is really the best way to put it, because, you know, Prospect Park is not, like you or me or Soap Digest or whatever, they they don't need to make weekly statements about what's going on. You know, they're going to talk about stuff when there's something to talk about. And believe me, they're doing everything in their power to make both of these shows happen. Obviously, you know, one of these shows is not going to happen in January because logic tells us that you know should you know would all my should all my children happen in January they would have had to start shooting already and uh and with only two cast members you know signed and uh no executive producer signed on for cuz I don't think Julie has been approached and I don't know if she wants to do it or has been asked to do it who knows um I don't know if Frank Valentini um is on board yet you know cuz he's still finishing up one life to live so there's a lot of factors involved here that you know they're trying to make happen. The good news is is that one life to live seems to be the most um you know ready for the internet when it when it changes over in January uh all my children, you know you hear a few different things uh, some of the media um sites say it's not happening, others say that it's you know on hold until maybe April or May, until they can figure some things out. So I, t- I prefer to have more of a positive uh, look at this and, and hope for the best and, and believe that that Prospect Park will do everything to make both of these soaps happen. So, yeah, the answer to your question has always been the answer I've had for three years, that right. this is the only place you're going to see your soaps if they're going to continue if if Prospect Park fails, then that will be the end because nobody's going to take another chance and I believe that you know who knows now let me retract that just a little bit because young and the restless and bold and the beautiful, I believe will still be on television for i think at least another eight years. I really believe that they're too popular, especially Bold and the Beautiful overseas, they're not going to cut those things out yet if they don't have to. By then, you know, all of this stuff on the internet and the web will probably be second nature, second hand to a lot of these guys. So I don't want to say that yet for Bold and the Beautiful and, and the Young and the Restless, but certainly for the ABC soaps, if they fail with One Life to Live Now and fail with All My Children Now, don't count on seeing General Hospital making the transition when that happens, unless General Hospital can stay in the air another three to four years, and I don't think that's going to happen. No.
1: that's uh, what, what do you think – why do you think the, the daytime shows are – we're in the state we're in with daytime soaps where – They're being canceled here, there, everywhere. Uh, What what do you think, why is this happening, and and especially now?
0: Well, you know, it's a debatable topic. You know, everybody that has some insight has their own take on it. You can talk to a certain group, and they'll say it's storylines. The storylines are terrible. You talk to another group, and they'll tell you that, it's because of uh, diminishing viewership in daytime, women going back to work. You talk to another group and it's because there's more cable outlets available for programming and, um, you know, it splits the pie up. The answer, in my opinion, it's, it's it's actually a combination of all of those things because, you know, the stories, I think, well, One Life to Live, I think, is still brilliant at doing this, but mm-hmm. I think the problem with a lot of these uh, people trying to tell stories now is that they've been focusing more on the plot-driven element in order to capture that immediate viewer and not the long-term viewer because they don't want people to change the channels that quickly, so everything's becoming a little bit more plot-driven. And I think that ultimately, if you focus too much on plot and not on character, you ultimately destroy the very thing you're trying to save. And that's, I think, in part what we saw with a number of the soaps that have since been canceled or are soon to be canceled. Uh Again, with the exception of one life to live, the other aspect of that is that the networks just don 't want them anymore they don 't want them it 's too much of a headache for them it 's too cumbersome it 's too expensive there 's too many people to answer to it 's you know it 's too many egos to deal with. They would rather put on a chew and with less viewers and just have it just be more of you know that sort of disposable. Daytime viewing, because you know, to me, when you put on shows like The Chew, it's like, yeah, it's almost like giving up in a way. It's like mm-hmm. programming Saturday Night on the network. It's like right. who cares? So that's kind of where I'm seeing ABC daytime for the moment. Now, when they bring Katie on and, and maybe Steve Harvey and a few of these other new talk shows, you know, they're, they're probably going to try to curb it more to that takeaway value with uh, with shows. Uh, But, again, you know, the soaps are are not where it's at for the networks. And I can tell you that is why the Daytime Emmys was canceled in 2009 is because the network thought they didn't want to invest. And I'm talking CBS, too, because CBS is the one that opted not to pick up their option in 2009 because ABC had it in 2008 and went back and forth. Right. So... With ABC's dismal uh, results in 2008, CBS said, well, listen, you know, we're going to be canceling some soaps, because they knew they were. They knew they were going to be canceling Guiding Light, and I can tell you they knew that As the World Turns was also on the chopping block soon after. They knew that then. And they did not want to invest in anything that promoted daytime soaps, which is really what the daytime Emmys is known for. So... You know, uh, they opted not to do it because in order to do it, you got to pay a million dollars at least to Natus, that's the academy, and then they had you had to pay another two to three million dollars to uh, produce the thing. So they didn't want to do that either, as seeing diminishing returns. So when we came in in 2009, we convinced Natus to forego their fee because they're not going to get it and we also convinced a network to take it, um, not for a fee. We would cover the production and so forth. And that's what we did for three years. Was it to save the daytime Emmys? Not really. Um, It was, one, to give us something very cool to produce and something big to produce, first and foremost. Number two, it was to give the daytime um, players soaps, game shows, whatever it is, to give them a platform of celebration. We wanted them to have their night to shine because we knew that there's still a great audience. I don't care. Even if it's Wheel of Fortune or Price is Right or what, it doesn't matter. The soaps, there's a real dedicated audience that is there for daytime, and they deserve to be celebrated. The third reason, which is one of my reasons for really being involved in this, is because I was a big believer in what we're seeing today with Prospect Park, and I knew this day would be coming. Whether Prospect Park is successful or not doesn't mean anything. The fact that they're attempting to do this is what's important, and that's what I was waiting for. I was hoping to keep the daytime Emmys on long enough to where we kept the soaps relevant to a buyer like a prospect Park, to take the reins and say, okay, there is an audience for it. There is interest in this. Let's try to make this work. And that's what's happened. So that's the only reason.
1: Interesting. Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting that you, you say those things. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting to me. I asked uh, I had a conversation with Sean Christian, because uh, I had him on my show last week, and I asked him, uh, you know, and he's an actor. So well, it's just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he looks at it from an interesting point of view. What what major changes have you seen over the years that have contributed to this? Contributed this decline? to what? to the decline of daytime soaps on network TV?
0: Well, I think it goes back, way back to, um, you know, Tristan Rogers, will tell you, it goes back to the 80s where he started to see it, literally. Um, oh. And that was probably one of his reasons for wanting to leave uh, General Hospital. Um, I saw it probably right around OJ and the results of that, where, you know, people were, were now getting to see... Something different than the three networks. They were seeing Court TV, which was you know, was this boring little cable network before they were showing like live courtroom stuff. I think even Nancy Grace had some gig on there at some point. And <clears throat> nobody was really given to cares about it at all until they started covering the O. J. trial. And then not only Court T V but now broadcast was starting to cover it as well too, especially the first two to three months. Gavel to gavel, you know, from nine to five. I mean, you I mean you weren't want, you weren't seeing your soaps for about two months, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh Yes. They finally brought them back after a while, but I think then the damage was done because people got involved in another soap, and that was OJ. So I firmly believe that that was the the real start of the decline, even though it may have had elements of decline before that. But once Court TV took over, and then you had the building up of the TLCs doing all of their daytime programming, and then you had Food Network, and then so on and so on and so on and so on down the line. And then you've got Oprah, who also gained momentum, which led to a ton of other talk shows building their momentum, the Jerry Springers and all of that stuff. Now people were watching like soap drama being played out for real on talk shows. And I think that was resonating more. And the response that the soaps were doing back then, generally speaking, was to do more heightened, um, you know, uh, plot-driven, more fantastical sorts of stories, whether it was Marlena's Exorcism and uh, stuff like that. or I think some of the other stuff was done in the 80s, like Luna and Casey the Alien and General Hospital and all of that. But... Goodness. But, you know, there was big plot-driven stuff uh, that was happening uh, on the soaps, and that's what permeated throughout all of uh, the daytime soaps and into 2000 and so forth. And by then, you know, the, you know, the floodgates were open. So, you know, try to put the toothpaste back in the tube was too late at that point. So trying to go back to doing character-driven drama for the soaps, you know the networks already said ah, you know what we're not going to we quit <laughs> you know we can't do it anymore so we're just going to hope for the best if they can't maintain this level and they start dipping to this level then we got to start looking at some other options and ultimately that's what happened so that with plot driven storylines and you know again women not being home as much anymore all of those factors had a lot to do
1: with it now, do you do you do you see a home on cable network for like why I do. why is do you, so why is it that soapnet can't just take all the soaps and have it on that network all of the soaps? I I don't well, the
0: state that soap network has them now, but uh, you know soapnet's not going to be around, so. <laughs> What what are they going to do? I mean, the SoapNet already has the soaps there. They've right. already got General Hospital, Young and the Restless, and Days and One Life to Live and all of that. I mean, it's already there. The fact is, is that SoapNet is going away. When that is specifically, I'm not sure. Uh, probably when they get all of their Disney Junior uh, programming in line and they get everything switched over. You know, it's a big format change, so... You know, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not as simple as just changing a name. You're really changing your demographic and your viewer and all of that. I think it's redundant to have a 24-hour Disney Junior channel because you're catering to really eight and under. You know, why not just make Disney Channel daytime Disney Junior from 9 to 3 or 6 to 3, you know, p.m. when the big kids are at school but the little kids are at home. You know, why don't they do that? I don't know. But they're not. So this is all about Disney merchandising money. That's it. Programming is a way to sell merchandising for Disney. I think everybody can see that. You go to Disneyland, it's not about looking at Mickey Mouse. It's about buying a Mickey Mouse doll, buying a Mickey Mouse hat, buying a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. That's all it's about. And that's what Disney Jr. is going to be about. It's going to be about selling more Christmas gifts. So that is going to take precedence over any soap opera channel. With that being said, the perfect place, the perfect place for this right now, there's two places. One is Bravo. And Bravo, Mm -hmm. I think, would take it once Prospect Park signs on the dotted line produces the shows in which Bravo can then acquire them for a license fee, a much reduced license fee uh, that now makes sense for them to have. And for them to run it, I would hope, after one of their Housewives shows, maybe at 10 o'clock, it needs a late night run. Because I think if you're going to do these shows now on the Internet, you got to spice it up a little bit and do and take chances, take risks, not be crude. That doesn't mean you got to throw F-bombs around or have full-on no. sex. That's boring as hell, to be honest with you.
1: Right. It really
0: is. But to tell really good stories that you can do without, you know, without the FCC or standards and practices breathing down your neck every two seconds, I think is a breath of fresh air for soap operas. To do a story like One Life to Live's Kish story, you know, to do it the real way really well. Mm-hmm. Um And to do more stories that have more meaning, you can Dexter it up a little bit or True Blood here or there, and and that's all fine and dandy as well, too. But you can really get into the meat of the stories and uh, really pull out some great performances. When you pull out all the stops and you take the reins off of your actors to not go too far and so forth, let them do what they want to do. Let the writers do what they want to do, but stay with the core of what the shows are all about. I think then you would get Bravo very interested in a late night run every day for the show for a much reduced fee. That would help at least take the sting out of the money that's spent by Prospect Park to produce these shows. And it would keep them on television. I think that's the perfect marriage, and I think that's the perfect way to go. If it's not Bravo, I think Lifetime is another. uh, You know, Lifetime, I've got a couple of projects starting up with Lifetime very soon now, and I can tell you that Lifetime is now looking this direction, if it makes sense. And what makes sense is money. Nice. Lifetime is Disney-owned, but that they're not Disney-ruled. Oh,
1: so okay.
0: Disney owns them, and I think they own half of Lifetime. But they do not rule Lifetime. I, that I know. So I, I, I look at it. It's a very bright future. You know, if Prospect Park can get their union uh, issues down and all of that, I think it's a very bright future for, sp- especially One Life to Live. And I'm still holding the vigil for all my children because uh, I love to see that come back. If they wait too long, if they wait too long, it's not going to happen because uh, it's going to it's going to phase out. Just like you're not going to see Guiding Light or As the World Turns come back at this point. It's too long. Too much time has passed. People have gotten older. They've moved on. Would they come back and do some stuff? Yeah, but you've lost your mojo. You've lost your momentum. And that's very hard to get back to a new Internet audience. So <clears throat> I don't see that happening. What I do see happening more is is the online shows getting, gaining even more uh, status. I mean, look at Venice, for example. Look yes. at Pretty, the series, which I think is brilliant. And, you know, one that I'm personally involved with is The Bay,
1: which okay. I think
0: is terrific. And it's probably got one of the best casts I've ever seen. So does Venice, by the way. But, you know, uh, but The Bay, I, I'm amazed at at how, I mean, I have so much respect for, these, for the actors of daytime, for these daytime actors. I hate to call them daytime actors. I mean, they're actors that act mm-hmm. in daytime. I have so much respect for them to put their check their egos at the door. And I'm talking, you know, for Venice as well, and they're just singling out the bay. But in Venice too, with all the great talent there with Crystal Chappelle and Jessica Leccia and Galen Goering and down the line and over at the bay you've got Mary Beth Evans and Tristan Rogers and Charles Shaughnessy and Matthew Ashford and all of the Jackie Zeman, all of these guys checked it at the door and said, You know what? Don't give a shit about the money now. I believe in what you're doing, I believe in the future of this, and I believe the good things like money will follow. But let's do it all for the show. And right. I love that. So, yeah. And I'm going to be working with the Bay folks on Monday here at our studio, so we're going to have some fun. You'll see more about it soon.
1: Wonderful. That's wonderful. I have watched the Bay, and it is very, I think it's, uh, very cutting edge as to how they do it it's like eight minute intervals each chapter each Mm -hmm. week and i think that's perfect that that goes back to that goes back to the situation where i think this would be perfect now is how port charles used to run theirs at the end or the last two years where they would have a 13-week arc and it would be themed.
0: Yes. Um, excuse me. I've been talking all day long, so it's, I'm losing my voice a little bit. Cool. Um, yeah. It's you know I think Port Charles, uh, right format, wrong time. Yeah. Um I think something like that could work very – I'd love to see them try to bring it back a little bit. I'd love to see them rerun those shows. I uh, it would be nice if a Bravo or somebody would pick up the old Port Charles – Shows when they started doing the arcs just to see if they could generate an audience from that because you know that that, that could be interesting um, again right idea wrong time
1: well, well and and it's it's interesting because I used to watch on Soapnet when they had it and then they stopped carrying it and they put on Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero and The O C and well, yeah, yeah. Shows.
0: keep in mind that, you know, SoapNet was basically the filler channel for ABC Daytime initially, and then they got the, the uh, Days, and pa- I don't think they ever had Passions, but they had Days. And then they got, I think, Y&R. They never got Bold, but, you know, Y&R. So they were running those for a while, and then they had to fill it up with some other stuff. So they would put on Port Charles, and then I think they were even running, like, Edge of Night and a few of those other things through the night, you know, just because they needed to fill time.
1: But once Ryan's they got,
0: hope. once they got a Ryan's,
1: little bit, huh? Ryan Ryan's hope, Ryan's was, was, right? Yeah.
0: And then once they once they got a little bit more success and a little bit more recognition, a little bit more households watching, all of a sudden they were able to acquire higher profile, newer programs like Beverly Hills 90210 and L, or if it was Melrose Place or The OC, and and on and on and on and. And sure enough, say goodbye to Ryan's Hope, say goodbye to Port Charles, and all of those old daily soaps were gone. And they just kept on the ones that were doing the the daily runoff. Right.
1: Well, do you remember when uh, Soapnet wasn't on the air yet,
0: and
1: there was a there was a channel? I think it was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Is it the Sci-Fi Channel?
0: Well, there, there, I've worked with Sci-Fi Channel. There is a Sci-Fi Channel. I mean, I've worked with them since 1994. Well, what, what about? Oh.
1: Them? well, there was a there was a uh, there was a station that played old GH really long, long, long ago. I mean, they had Luke and Laura um Honestly,
0: I, I have no idea.
1: I can't remember the name of it, but it was before. Soapnet came on the air because Soapnet's been on the air how long now?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think at least uh, ten years, right? At least years.
1: Anyway, thought uh, that I I loved it as 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 a soap fan. You would think that a soap that a soap station would play all those those you know classic episodes and things like that, and that's what you would want. Now, when they when they when they switched it over, and it was current episodes for that day, I was like, I I, I kind of thought that actually, mm-hmm. because to me, I I had it on on network TV. I didn't need to have it on a substation where the substation is where I got things that. I missed those. Oh, I don't remember seeing that. Oh, that's cool to watch now. Mm -hmm. And, but then they then they did the format change and they changed it all over to the same day episodes. And do you think that it? Do you believe that it that it increased viewership from that, or decreased viewership from that?
0: Uh, I believe they probably increased a little bit of viewership from it, which is why they stuck with that format. And I also think that it was certainly with the ABC soaps, they're trying to get more bang for the buck. Um, with, um, with the CBS soaps, I'm not sure what the financial arrangement was, whether... You know Soapnet licensed the shows from y n r or if they made it or from the Bells or Sony whoever was selling it or made a revenue share deal or a barter deal or some i mean I have no idea um but you know certainly with a b c it's just like it was becoming more expensive to to do general Hospital and certainly general Hospital. I think that was the most expensive of all the shows mm-hmm. and um you know it's it was a lot easier to sell advertising to say hey by the way we're going to give you like you know six bonus runs on soapnet and that's the way you can amortize uh not not just the cost but uh, to increase your your ad sales or to guarantee your ad sales that's that's the key it's not a, it's not a question of increasing your ad sales it's a question of guaranteeing because if you're guaranteeing the uh, the the amount of a rating in a demo and you don't hit it, then you have to make good or you have to give money back. What programmers usually do is make good. And when you have SoapNet built in, which is running General Hospital three times a day, you know, uh, of the same day episodes, is it three, two or three, something like that, then they can say, listen, here's the rating we're going to give you on ABC. It's this, and you're going to pay us this and so forth. And here's the guarantee, it's a rating of X. And they go, okay, great. And in order for you to get that rating, you're going to cum, which means cumulate the runs on cable. So you're going to look at each run of General Hospital on SOAPnet, and you're going to take the total of each of those ratings. So if it's a 0.5 each time, it's 0.5, 0.5, 0.5. That's 1.5 in the demo, which gets added now onto the ABC, which now hopefully gives them their guarantee. If they fell short, if they go over, you don't get any extra money. It doesn't work that way. So I'm sure that was the that was the attractive approach for ABC, and since ABC owns Soapnut, you know, it seemed like kind of a no-brainer um and i'm sure that there were some bonus runs that soapnet got to do on their own like the weekend stuff in which they sold uh time that they got to keep for the network as well too so so that's how that's how it's run that's how i do it
1: wow that's that that's really um that's really interesting because we've always been told that the ratings uh numbers don't really mean that much. It's the demo numbers that are the most important. Well, that's important what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, they're selling them, on that, but that's also ratings. It's selling on a demo.
1: Right. Uh, you're
0: selling 18 to 49 because that is how they're selling. And I'm sure they have a 25 to 49 section as well, too. And if they're selling to um, uh, an urban buyer then they have the urban demo as well too. So all of those three of those things are built in depending on how they're selling and who they're selling to. But generally, you know, you're selling on 18 to 49 because that's what advertisers think is the prime demo. So, you know, 18 usually 18 to 49, you know. Okay. I think 25 to 54 is probably a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, you know, considering that most uh viewers of television are probably in their forties. <laughs> uh, I mean of all television. So sure. um, but, you know, try to argue that with Madison Street. Uh, Madison You, you No, know, you can't.
1: You can't. I tried, well, I can't. I I believe it. Well, you've been a big proponent of daytime T V and you've done
0: I mean I love it. I love the people. Bold.
1: It's terrific and I've got
0: high hopes for them. I just I know we have to go, but I saw something quickly with Michael Easton and TV Guide, who is very supportive of Prospect Park, is really looking forward to doing some great work with them, and feels union issues issues will be worked out, and he is his fellow actors to step up and make it work. So I'm I'm looking forward to that.
1: Oh, great! That's 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 huge. That's huge for somebody like Michael Easton to say something like that. Uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, you will be doing the Hollywood Christmas Parade again this year.
0: That's correct. We shoot. Uh, we're shooting next week. It airs December twelfth at six p.m. on Hallmark Channel. It's going to be great. A lot of your favorite soap stars are in it and performing.
1: Jack Wagner. And yes, yes, and uh, you will be you will be doing the televising of it. Correct on Hallmark Channel. We're
0: doing both. We're, we're producing it and editing it for television, and after it runs on Hallmark, it goes into syndication. So it'll be seen here on KTLA in Los Angeles, NBC Chicago, ABC New York, and, of course, about 200 other stations around the country, uh, followed by Armed Forces Radio Network.
1: Oh, that's great. And it is benefiting Marine for Tots, right? Toys for
0: Tots? No, no, Toys for Tots, yeah, Marine Toys, uh, Toys for Tots, and also the American Humane Association.
1: Oh, that's a wonderful situation. Um there is um uh, reserve grand seat grandstand seating available. So if you're interested uh in this situation, you can call 1866 parade 1 that's 866 727 2331. They have a couple of different group discount they have group discounts and they have a couple of of different options for you as far as your tickets. Uh 45 for you get some uh it's a Santa package and thirty five is the second
0: option. Yeah, and then, you know, that's if you want to sit in the grandstands by the T V host and see the parade optimum view and all of that and the performances. Port Chuck is performing, so you know, all four guys are gonna be there doing their best Christmas uh songs. And uh but you know, you can also come to the parade for free and not just sit in the grandstands and just be along the parade route. And the concert at City Walk, which is going to be part of the parade, is being taped next Tuesday, the 22nd, at City Walk, uh, right by the, the Hard Rock Cafe. Scott Weiland, Stone Temple Pilots performing Christmas songs, believe it or not. Jack Wagner, of course, Richard Marks, We got a ton of other people there. It is free, so come on out and have fun.
1: Definitely. They would they would love you to come and enjoy yourself and it is free, like he said, and the Hollywood Christmas parade is also free if you want to just stand along the parade route. It's from orange to where, Jim? Well
0: the television part of it is orange to Highland. That's the red carpet televised area. But okay. the parade route's around three miles long and it goes all the way down to I think Vine and down to Sunset and back up around it's, it's crazy long.
1: Okay. Um, Any projects you you have in the works that you can tell us about?
0: Well, one that's airing at this particular second is uh, a special I did uh, called Inside Story, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Believe it or not, it's the 25th anniversary of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the great movie by John Hughes, came out in 1986. I did the official documentary for the Bio Channel, which is part of A&E, and I got everybody, you know, from Matthew Broderick, uh Helen Ruck, uh and Jennifer Gray, all the way down the line, uh is in it and you're gonna learn if you love the movie you're gonna learn a lot about it. So, uh, oh. so it's on it started at eight o'clock Eastern time, which is uh if you have direct T V it's already on. Uh that's Pacific as well, and then it on course twice tonight. Oh, wonderful. Anything
1: for the new year? I know you've got a ton of things going on. but Yeah, I've,
0: I've got a ton of things. I've got another documentary I'm putting out right now. I'm going to be doing the Gracie Awards again next year. Um, we have yet to make a decision on the Daytime Emmys. Um, we really are on the fence about it. And, uh, again, the reason we got behind the Daytime Emmys was, we wanted to do something prestigious and make a statement, which we already did. We wanted to highlight the soaps, which we did, and we wanted and give them a celebration. And we wanted to give them, me personally, wanted to give them a platform so that they can stay relevant until there was something better that came along, such as what Prospect Park is offering. Mm-hmm. Given that's already happening, there doesn't seem to be a reason for us to do it. I'm not quite sure if the daytime community cares now if it's on television or not. Um, you know, with one life going away and all my children, you know, they, you know, sending all my children to Las Vegas to do a show might be tough. So, you know, I don't know how well the soaps would be represented. All of these things we're thinking about, and that weighs into it quite a bit. You know, last year we were disappointed in the fact that we had this big thing built up for Oprah, and Oprah didn't show, and it was too late to bail out of that. So that was, you know, uh, disappointing for us, and I, I think made the show not as great as it could be. One of the things, but our love for the soaps is maintained, and, uh, and again, if the daytime actors and the daytime community feels that it is better not to have it on television, just to do it, just a regular celebration. Here in Los Angeles, and a dinner, at a DS, and all of that. Uh, I think that that would be great too, and I, we would certainly support that. And uh, hopefully, we'll be a part of it because we've got stuff up for consideration for daytime Emmy as well. So uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And I'm seeing some really great work this year. So it would be yeah. nice if if it was televised because I think that those you know the actors that are doing such great work. They need to be recognized. They do. They um,
0: do, and I've always wanted them to be recognized, and you know, any way I could with the daytime Emmys in particular. And again, I, you know, I always say it: you know, if I had to do Kabuki, you know, artists and blue men group to make it happen, then I would.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: and I, but you know, it was it had to take that. I think that I, in small part that I think got Prospect Park interested that at least the daytime Emmys were still on that daytime was still being celebrated so I think that in small part got their
1: interest I agree with you because you did such a you did such a fabulous job with the Emmys last year obviously there were well, it's the, the first I think,
0: I think 2010 was better than 2011 when we had Dick Clark and and everybody. I think that that was a terrific show. This year, had Oprah been there, it would have been a much better show. But I, I think it, it kind of deflated once that started. Production-wise, it was great. Technically, it was great. You know, the viewership was about the same as we had the year before. So I mean, nothing can. Nobody can tell me anything about us as a production company and our production itself. It was it was terrific.
1: Yeah. However,
0: as a soap fan, I was disappointed in uh, not being able to do more than I was right. allowed to do that the network and a few other people, you know, felt uh, you know needed wanted to do other things. Let me put it that way, because the soaps were disappearing and right. uh, they weren't being represented as much. So they wanted to put other things in there.
1: Right, right. Well, thank you again, Mr. Romanovich. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I will see you soon, uh, definitely next week. And uh, everybody should come out to Universal City Walk, support the concerts. They have a lot of good acts going on. And uh, obviously come out to the Hollywood Christmas Parade. You're going to see all of your favorites out there, and uh, it's it's well worth it. I've been to it a couple times.
0: Thanks, Deb. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, um, and we will we will talk soon for this uh, for this episode of Media Night Radio. Have a good night, and thank you, Jim Romanovich. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Are we are we on or off?
1: We are off. We are off. That was great. Well, good. That was great. No, it was. It, it, you know, I have those discussions though. Right now. Is so important because so many people are, you know, getting frustrated. And to add some, I, I wanted to add some hope. And you're like a, you're my industry expert. That's who I go to. <laughs> I, I go to you as my industry expert. Um,
0: well, you, know, you I, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the breaking news guy. I mean, I, I'll never be. Like a lot, I'll never be a Michael Logan or Jamie Giddens or Nelson Branco or Michael Fairman. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys where I'm, I'm breaking news. Or Raven Beauty is another one that I hear quite a bit because um, I don't have that kind of insight to what's happening with stories and actors. Are they coming or going and all that other stuff? Right. But uh, what I do know is you know that um, that I know what trends are happening and I can tell you. I can explain why things are happening the way they're happening, and what, based on this, what can we expect. <laughs> so that, that's my expertise, I guess.
1: With the Lucky Lands you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.